you're listening to the 11th hour, a podcast about Ranted. I am Sam Melancon of Debacle Records. I'm Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. Uh, each week, one of us picks a Rancid song or a Rancid adjacent song. And we talk about all our complicated feelings. This week, we're going Rancid adjacent. And I uh, it was my pick. And we picked, uh, I picked... Uh, television by bad religion off of the 1994 stranger than fiction which uh contains an appearance by tim armstrong is Stranger Than Fiction. Um, there's a lot wrapped up in this album. This was the... There's there's very little things in this world from the cover to the sounds on this album that make me think of early 90s, but not like 1991, you know, like kind of mid-early 90s than this yeah. album. You know, it, it is the height of Offspring Has Happened. It has sold more money than anything besides Nirvana uh epitaph is making more money than god you know and and everybody's looking for the next thing california punks on everybody's radar bad religion which is interesting is you know being you know members of bad religion bad girls especially run epitaph epitaph it's big now becoming slowly quickly the uh biggest indie in the world but yeah. but bad religion signs to what what is this like capital or something atlantic I think. atlantic yes of course yeah and so uh this record is a mainstream you know push into trying to present in a funny way probably the only california punk band i can think of that would work like this represent kind of skate punk surf punk as alt rock you know what i mean like it's it, mm -hmm. it's this gray kind of darker more political more social political uh band and cover and tone to a record and really trying to to spread itself across both of those things it has the sounds of that sort of harmonic proggy version of skate punk that bad religion always had and then it's got the tone you know the kind of the lyrical tone of a lot of grunge of the time and so it seems cynical in a way but it's also what bad religion was so it kind of makes sense it's also very strange like and i don't fully remember i've watched a lot of stuff about this era i think you know this is the last brett gerwitz as a touring member of bad religion he comes back and is just a guitarist on records but didn't he actually like leave the band he did sort of for a while for a while but I don't think it's over like signing to the record. I think he was fine with that. Um, oh yeah, I, yeah. I don't like, but it is weird because you know we are a couple years of, or in the same time period, really, really, really trying to keep Rancid on Epitaph. Right. I mean, this was ninety four. So this is Out right the during Wolves that was what ninety five. Yeah. So like we're in the so midst of was, that being yeah. recorded and all the 
we can go into that stuff i think on this episode too but like so the you know the the major labels coming into this space this represents kind of one of the bigger shots of that you know for sure you know like you didn't get offspring you didn't get whoever well at least we can get bad religion it's such an interesting thing because it's like yeah bad religion probably is a little bit more palatable than a lot of things and a little bit more grungy than a lot of things but also bad religion runs the the label that it's like fighting back against it's such a such a weird yeah. uh situation and i don't really i've never gotten a great answer on like how did that land like with brett and with just the scene in general I, I i would assume there was a lot of yelling of sell out and bullshit but like oh right because yeah. that man the 90s were really into making artists hate themselves for making a little bit more money uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean yeah it was it, well it's like it's the exact same thing that played out in you know the pacific northwest five years earlier three year four year, well, not even that much not even that earlier, much yeah right? exactly it's three like, two three years earlier but it's the same it's the story as old as time and it's just so i mean it's yeah. this idea of selling out because you took money from a corporation is like yeah i get i fully get it but like this is this is it there this is this is the last time anybody's getting these deals the ones that are scarier are the ones where it's kind of one hit wonders near the mid end of this period that are getting those sort of mortgage deals where actually you owe us money you know those right. tra- those trap deals you know i think about that that very famous document that um steve albini wrote about mm-hmm. you know watching yep. these little bands the more t- periphery bands getting trapped in these like well you owe us money until you sell a certain number of these oh you're so happy to be on a record label once all this stuff started going south a lot of these deals started becoming a lot more selling your soul to <laughs> Uh, right. to finance a record and then you get to say you're on a major label and it's like that is more just like you should feel bad for a band from a predatory perspective not you should be mad at them for being look at these millionaires you know like right so even then well, it doesn't make sense it, you should be <clears throat> mad at the label not mad at the band you know what i mean like yeah and i mean i think one of the other things that i always remember hearing a lot is like people would think like oh well now they're on a major label they're, they're going to like change their sound or whatever the big corporation wants them to but like something like this it's like it sounds like a fucking bad it sounds religion. exactly like bad religion like i mean and that have you know and i'm i can't think of examples all the time i'm certain there are examples but there's many where it's yes. but even then it's like well whatever there's also like, like i don't know i never cared how many times much. have you heard that narrative and then you actually go watch somebody talk about it and they're like go listen to the demos man we wanted to sound that way we were trying yeah. to sound that way we were sounding more underground to make the underground happy and we were actually wanted to be a pop band and like i'm sorry that, right. that bums you out but it's like let's be honest about where i wanted to be i had ambitions i signed on the dotted line because i was a, an ambitious guy who wanted to be a rock star you know like right like <sighs> let people kind of do what they want you know and but on that note, it is worth noting that, of course, Andy Wallace was a big part of the production of this record. And, of course, that's Andy Wallace of, um, you know, Nevermind and uh, many other huge records of, of this era. So they were just pushing this right through the grunge machine. You know, they were just going, yep. um, I put Bob Ludwig or I didn't delete Bob Ludwig from last week. I don't actually think it was produ- uh, mastered by Bob Ludwig, but... Um, 
uh, Andy Wallace and all that, I think it was probably mastered by 17 people. I'm, I think it got sweetened right, up, say, you know, yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> by a whole group of people. Andy Wallace did the mixing, probably more the mixing than the actual recording. They probably recorded it. He mixed it. That was kind of what he was doing. He was kind of uh, really good at taking grungy, punky stuff and mixing it in a way that it really came through, especially on radio at the time. That's what made Nirvana yep. sound so big and all those things, you know, um, and, uh, uh, and kind of arena friendly and you know it does sound big it sounds better you know sometimes i go one or two steps back in their catalog and i kind of miss how big and the thing is bad religion is for sure like this pennywise-esque skate punk band but like a lot of bad religion kind of wants to be prog rock you know kind of wants to be yes or something you know like like greg gavin <laughs> likes right big reverby you know, rush sort of stuff. And like, I think it kind of suits them, to be honest. I think um, all the big singles on this record, I mean, we still haven't even hit the song or why we're talking about it, but uh, it all, it all kind of made sense. Like to me, this is not some big tragedy that it came out. This is one of my favorite Bad Religions albums. I, I kind of have a relationship personally. With, I know you have a different one, but my relationship with Bad Religion is there's about four or five that I know I maybe not less even, but three to four records I know are like real bangers that I'm like, yeah, when I want to listen to a bad religion type song, I can put any one of these on and these are when they are kind of firing on all cylinders, they sound like bad religion and I, they're good job. You know, basically is my answer. Like, yep. Sound like bad religion. You're doing the bad religion thing. Good job. Uh, I like it sounding big and I like it sounding, you know, I want to really hear his vocals because it's what separates them from everything else, you know, and uh, yeah, so I like the singles, honestly, you know, Infected and like all Stranger Than Fiction. Those are like fun 90s kind of pop punk songs. They're certainly better than Pennywise and they're certainly better than a lot yeah. of those bands that were trying to kind of in their wake and uh, uh they're kind of the furthest I go besides, you know, kind of an earlier stint with no effects um, in this style. But like, they're the ones kind of since doing this record or this uh, podcast, they're the ones I can kind of, I, you know, checked in on a lot of these bands. And this is one the ones I'm like, yeah, bad religion. Fine. I was, remind me, I, I think you were basically like, ska punk, skate punk, you just can't hang. I mean, it was just, like they were always one of those bands that I felt like I got, was like oh I should like this but I just didn't yeah it never yeah I mean I was I was always my sort of punk rock leanings always trended more towards like the Pacific Northwest like Olympia mm -hmm. stuff and like the lookout stuff um less so like epitaph was never like rancid was the like the cro the one crossover for me <laughs> you know and and i mean in that well we've got a whole podcast about that but um <laughs> that that started because of op ivy like yeah. that was why i was like oh i gotta you know listen to rancid or check that whatever but like um because i never you know like we talked about like no effects was never i never was into no effects never got into like pennywise um any of that like i don't know i a lot of the stuff it's like i look at i'm just like like 
I'm looking at like what was on there in the night. Like the offspring, I did not give no. a single fuck about the offspring. Um, and I mean, there was, you know, like, yeah, like I, it was really more, I, I was really way more into like the lookout stuff. Like I was really into screeching weasel and I was really into the queers and, um, which like, I, I don't, I can't really listen to that stuff anymore. It doesn't for plenty of reasons, but like, um, yeah, so I don't know. It was, and then, but like the the Kill Rock, like Kill Rock Stars, and that, like, that was the most formative stuff for me. Like, yeah, you know, we, we're doing a podcast about Rancid, but really, like, for me, it's like, if I really want to talk about the stuff that absolutely was so formative for me, it was the like Bikini Kills and the like, and well, and K Records too, like the more indie pop stuff. So I was, I guess, yeah, I was into like the less, like, I never had a hard, I was never into hardcore. I was never, I was never a big metal. I've never been a big metal guy. Um, mm-hmm. What I'm saying is like, I'm a big wimp. <laughs> and there's, a, there's also like sort of almost like a, which kind of brings something about the song. Like, there's a truth to like, just like the way these different punk bands use the f- sound field. Like, look when you say mm-hmm. Lookout and K and and Kill Rockstars, like there's a sound separation right like you Mm -hmm. hear all the like it has this like production is just press record and you hear all the instruments and they're all strummed and kind of jangly and 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 there's a there's air in there you know what i mean and um a lot of the stuff that you don't like hardcore and and metal and you never really you know found a lot of that stuff when you were younger like and I would absolutely say the the surf punk stuff, like the bad religions of the world, they fill space. Like there's no sound that isn't like it's it's back up, right about and it's not even just like it is uh, like flattened and compressed into like we're gonna fill every thing, and there's multiple guitars playing rhythm and and you know like they're they're almost in a black metal way, like they're 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 droning and and creating like these lines these like melodic lines that just fill the audio space completely and so you you think about like screeching weasel or whatever and i can hear individual strings being hit and i i mean yeah it's wildly different on a on a bad religion song and to to your point like rancid is the most lookouty Right, epitaph band I can think of besides like maybe like dwarves and some of those other like kind of garagey bands, right? Like, and like or Oscar, but even the Oscar is like that. But like, um, when you tell me Tim is on a Bad Religion song, I go, how would Tim ever fit into the? You know, Greg Gaffin has a song singing that also fills space and is these long held notes. And this very proggy mm-hmm. sort of like he fits in that like me of this bad religion <laughs> song. It's like bad religion songs hold in chords for very long. Tim doesn't do that. Tim doesn't have a projection. You know, Greg Gavin could sing solo opera almost. You know what I mean? Like like he 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 has this huge projecting voice and and can really hold these big you know sit on these chords. And you're like, how in the world is Tim gonna sit in a in the sound field of, of a of a uh, bad religion song like even when i say hey we're gonna listen to a bad religion song with tim on it yeah and so to come back to the song 
Well, they they kind of made a rancid song. <laughs> right. But, no. I mean, yeah, absolutely. That's one of the, the first thing because when you picked this, I was like, I can't hear. It. You know, I've I've probably heard it once or twice in my life. Yeah. Again, I just not. And I went and listened. I was like, Yeah, this doesn't sound a lot like Mad Religion. <laughs> <laughs> And it, it's staccato. I mean, like immediately, the first thing you do right. instead of having Gra- Greg Gaffin doing like, you know, like that he normally does, you have him going them all going television, television, television. That's radio. That, I mean, yeah, that's that's right. a, that has to be a direct reference to radio, right? Like, which, right? Which you know, and it's interesting that like, yeah. I mean, it's, this whole thing sounds very, very rancid esque. Like, it's interesting that Tim doesn't have a songwriting credit on it. To me, like, because it sounds oh, yeah, so, like you're right. He's just he, yeah, he's just he's on just the verse. Guess, yeah, and so it's. Uh, I think you can kind of hear you can hear him on the course too, right? Or, or on the television part, right? Can you, I think you can hear. I him. mean, I'd be so surprised if he wasn't on there, but 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 yeah, like he, it's so that's that. I thought that was interesting, um, and because it's like oh, like but then I don't know. Then you think about how close to rancid and, and even their songwriting process at times brett is it's like okay well yeah of course he could write yeah, a fucking and, rancid song <laughs> and and also just this being a pure brett song like brett didn't yeah. write a lot of bad i mean he wrote some bad religion songs but like it's i i think that's a kind of a interesting committee band because you know like some songs are greg but like he's just the vocalist like he's not playing guitar or anything you know like so it's like I remember like a lot of their songs are also maybe the drummer writes some of it. Like it's, it's kind of an interesting band. I mean, know? all the songwriting credits on this album are either Brett or, um, Greg Gaffin. Interesting. See, that's so like, interesting. Like he's a letter. Except for on this one who, which yes, we, we can got talk to, about that. Like, yeah. The Jeanette Napo now Napolitano, right? Napolitano. Yes. I, I had to look <laughs> it up myself. Cause I was like, I'm going to um, mess that up. <laughs> So, like, where does that come from? Well, for who? Okay, so people don't know she was in yeah. the in Concrete Blonde, and like I, yeah, who have one of like the greatest songs ever written. Okay, movie. so what is the greatest? Is that Joey? Joey? Okay. Oh my god, it's fucking amazing! Like, okay, oh. I fully was like, okay, I need to figure this out because I'm confused as to who Concrete Blonde is because I am a little bit younger than you, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's just a name that I know, and this person I know because of existing in the world. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go listen to their songs. And I was like, I'm supposed to know this song? It seems like a nice song. seems like a very classic L.A., like, late yeah. whatever song. Like, like you know, kind of like 1990. sounds perfectly 1990, kind of that, like, post-X, post, you know, pre-grunge, post, or, you know, but L.A., you know what I mean? That, that kind of, like, it's not really country, it's not really rock, it's not really, you know, like, it feels exactly right to me, but I'm like, it also right. completely passed me by. And the yeah, funniest no, I, thing... I mean, to be fair, is, like, I was never a big fan of this, like, I was... But, like, that song meant something to you. Right. You knew that song, yeah. Uh, the other funniest thing, and you're going to laugh super hard at this, this is, I'll tell you... I'm pretty sure when you were like, oh, that person recorded this song. I was like, oh, she must be that famous person that writes songs for people. And I realized I've never fully separated out Concrete Blonde and Four Non-Blondes. 
Oh, the Linda Perry. Linda Perry, who does write songs for everybody <laughs> right, she's else. Like, yeah, she constantly she's... writes songs for everybody. So in my head, I was like, <laughs> those are wildly I mean, different, I'm yeah. pretty sure. They're pretty different. But like 90s things that were right before when no. I care. With 90s kind of alternative rock. Women. They were in the same. They probably toured together or something. <laughs> Oh, here we go. Okay, so here we go. I mean, this I'm reading the Wikipedia page. In June 1994, four non-blondes guitarist Roger Rocha was replaced by Concrete Blonde member Jim Mankey. <laughs> he seemed to be in so, everything. Like he was like an LA yeah. like standard. It felt like, but like, yeah, exactly. Okay, that makes me feel better because I was like, I think they're pretty different. But like, I've never fully and and just the fact that it was like somebody from a blondes band. Right, right. With songwriting credits i was like well it must be that woman i know her she's like on pop you know she's written a bunch of like, oh, very yeah. famous pop songs you know like like and and i like finally you know it's like one of those things where it's like a black hole for you and you're like music listening you know and you you're like okay i'm gonna finally think about this and it's like oh i've really missed i hold on <laughs> And like she's like she rarely, very rarely actually writes songs credit credits with people. It's just she knew Brett from like way way back. She was like the, um, she was like working the door at the mastering place, for, at the first Bad Religion record. Like like she's just like L.A. Oh man, okay. L.A. Yeah, like been, you know like you been, know been, been around, around music yeah. industry forever, knew each other forever, wanted to write some stuff together. It isn't like she's some songwriter you know that that just like you know pay me and i'll help you write your songs they're just friends and <laughs> but like i had this moment of just like hold on this isn't that woman and i was like oh no i know her name i know little perry i you know like but it was like right. you know like and i just felt so dumb and i was telling wendy and she's like yeah that's not that's not that's not the same <laughs> i was like okay apparently she also did uh background back backing vocals on struck a nerve from recipe for hate yeah so, like yeah she seems to be like kind of like you know like i said like yeah around each other you know yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh it's just seems so random to me that they wrote like this song to, like the whole and thing then is, tim's on it too and then tim's on it yeah like it doesn't have a songwriting <laughs> credit but like it does sound like well that's a good like, question does it sound like his lyrics Oh, that's a good question. Let's see. Uh, when like he says, so we never got to be alone. That sounds really Tim to me. Yeah. I mean, it sounds very Tim to me. I can't. It's it's weird for me to think like he saying the And him saying, I take after my mother, but she's them. from a different generation. I prefer my big brother. He's so gentle and understanding. That That's is exactly him. his life. I know that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know he's super into his big brother and his mom's a little bit more separate from him. So let's see if I can find like more, like more in depth credits than what I'm than just what at. stupid Wikipedia table we're looking yeah, at. Because, yeah. Because yeah, I mean like that might uh, be simplification. Music, maybe discogs. Let's look at discogs. <laughs> Anyways, like, they, again, what people love here. Exactly. Let's, love, the let's, let's, let's read the internet to the, to our podcast. <laughs> That's fine. I, I'm, I'm into it. Uh, anyway, so this song, we haven't really come back around to the song. There's a lot to unpack here, but <laughs> not, not Linda Perry's on, writes the song with, with them. Not Linda, yeah. Uh, Gerwitz, last album, like, there's just so much to unpack, but the song itself is kind of interesting, because again, it comes off, I mean, it, 
television, television, television. You wonder if they wrote that and then they were like, oh, that's funny. This is kind of like radio, radio, radio. Should we get Tim on this? Let's call Tim. <laughs> and like, he's obviously also on like, I'm really trying to be buddies with Tim right now. You know, like there's this sort of. Right. I'm trying to keep him on my. You know, and maybe not as like bald faced as that as much as sure. like, I'm just really closing ranks with my people right now. You know, like we're all, you sure. know, we're all experiencing this, this moment together and like, you know, he's going to leave the band after this, you know, like last chance to kind of shoehorn his buddy Tim onto this record, you know, like, uh, I don't know what it is, but like, it's interesting. It's like, why did Tim end up on this bad religion record? Like, it seems like Tim is on his mind right now. Um, the television radio thing is really a crossover, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. It slides into like when Greg is singing, it feels like a kind of like a bad religion song. And then when Tim sings, it kind of slides back out to being a little bit more of like a let's go-y rancid song. And then when the chorus is going, it's like very much a rancid song. And it's like very like mm -hmm. this staccato kind of, it's faster and more loose and more, punky kind of pogo punk you know than than i ever think about right. religion and it's so funny like if two seconds into the song if you're like pick which song you know if i if i played you the first 10 seconds of all the songs on this album and said pick which one has tim on it you'd immediately oh, go obvious. that song <laughs> that's the one yeah because it sounds like a rancid song you know and it's it's um but because of all this extra stuff layers of like uh, he wrote it with Jeanette and like all this other stuff. You're like, what came first? Was it supposed to be for Tim? Did they notice it would fit Tim really well? Like, what has the concrete blonde element? This kind of right. It doesn't to me. I don't know much about concrete blonde, but I was listening to the Bloodletting album a little bit. It's like, how does that fit in? What is what? I don't know her songwriting enough to know like is there an element of this that feels like her, you know, like, um, you know, if there's somebody out there that's like, Oh, I'm a big fan of her. This one really, there's parts of this that really feel like her thing, you know, like that'd be interesting to me, but like, it's a weird, it's a real weird one to, it's, it's such an oddity and I don't hate it. Like it's not the best song in this album in a lot of ways. It's kind of this, like, yeah, I could do without bad religion making a rancid song. I do like having Tim pop up on stuff, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's one that's like kind of like if we're going to do the sort of history of rancid i think this one fits in because we we spent a lot of time time talking about brett gerwitz yeah. you know and we talked spent a lot of time talking about like this era of like what it must be like to have a whole world crashing into your front door saying please let us give us give you money you know and we're going to make you <laughs> right. nirvana you know yeah, I think one of the, yeah, I oh, I agree with all that. I think one of the other interesting things, and you know, we've done a couple, I guess we've we only done one other song that had like Tim as a guest spot, but I don't know, to me the thing, another thing that's interesting, and I think about this, it's like whenever Tim shows up anywhere, uh, like, I don't, there's a lot of things where people do a guest spot and it's kind of like, oh, whatever, you know, it sound, they just kind of fit into the sort of framework that already exists for whatever the band is mm -hmm. the project is but i feel like tim is there's so he's so like it i don't want to say it like it becomes about him like i mean I, because i don't I'm, i don't want to project this like ego thing on him i mean I, he obviously is has a big ego like it's not a 
I'm yeah. not saying that's a bad thing. But like I feel like he is such a unique sort of figure within you know it it, it has to become I think more it, about him than I think that's it a would somebody else. Charitable way of saying like Dude can only <laughs> sing in one or two ways, and if you don't make their well. song, you know, <laughs> fit his singing yeah, style, he's not gonna I be able mean, to match it. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, I mean, I guess that's really what it is. It's kind of fun, but it's it's funny. Like, it's like you have to understand if you know if you want Tim Armstrong to be on your song, like you got to bend it to fit his um, skill set. Yeah, I mean, it's just true, and you know, like it also kind of shows. Like, I don't think I don't know. Maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but like, it does seem like the, the friendship with Brett and like the fact that. You know, there was a lot of bands, you know, Offspring made Brett a lot more money than right. Rancid. Not, I mean, they both made him a lot of money, but not yet, right? Not at this point. Right. And, like, uh, it isn't like, what's his name, Dexter or whatever is all over all Brett's stuff. You know, yeah, like, they, no, that's true. like yeah. I think the ambition that Brett saw, you know, and the ambition he saw in Tim matched Brett's, you know, he seems like a pretty ambitious guy. Like he wants to be the yeah. biggest label in the world, and and Brett also struggles with tons of um, substance abuse problems and and stuff. You know what I mean? And I think around mm-hmm. this time was really struggling with it. And um, because you can't have grunge uh, come crashing <laughs> on your door without having without everybody heroin. getting heroin. You know, and and fucking the nineties, man. And and uh, you know, it's just. Uh, I do think there is just some like he finds Tim appealing, but he finds Tim. He's like one of the few people I'd be like, I don't think he finds Tim appealing in that way where he wants to just he doesn't get hoodwinked. You know what I mean? The idea that Brett Gerowitz is getting like, you know, Pied Pipered by Tim, that wouldn't that doesn't sound right to me. It sounds no. like more like Tim yeah. follows Brett than more than Brett follows Tim. You know what I mean? So it's like there's something real there. Like, like, I think this is somewhat of an evidence of like. Hey, bad religion folks, we're gonna write a song with Tim. I'm I'd even be wondering if like some people were like, well, Tim doesn't really fit, you know, <laughs> like what I yeah. know you like Tim, but like and yeah. he's not even that big of a guy yet. Like, we don't usually have guest vocals, you know what I mean? Like, there's one on this record, you know, it's gonna be him, you know, like um or how mercenary was it? Was he's like, hey, Tim's about to be really, really famous. This is our Right, like how was this like hey we're on a major i want something out of this epitaph's about to put out the next you know just put out a rancid that record about to put out the next rancid record i want to use this as a place to get tim famous like how you know not a bad idea either you know like it's like what what's the mixture how much of it is mercenary how much it is best buds how much is it is oh i just thought he'd fit how much of it is Hey, I wrote a song with television. I thought it was really funny to put the guy that wrote radio on it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like. Right. It's, yeah. it's funny. What, like, when you go back, I'm sure 70% of these things we dig deep into were just serendipity and like they thought something was funny. You know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah, they were just like hanging out one day and like, oh, we're working on the song. I'm like, oh, yeah, you should come yeah. down. Uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. that's, I feel like that's like what happens so much. And I mean, and I, and I, I love that kind of shit to like random yeah. people showing up on random records and random collaborations. And, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, that was, that, that was like, one of my favorite things to put on digital out on digitalis was like, Oh, these two people who I really like collaborated on a thing. And then it's like, Oh, oh yeah, totally. Everybody just, everybody just wants the thing they do. They don't want the collaboration, but whatever. I think it's like, to me, that's always super interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like it's fun. I, I don't think I'll ever listen to this again, but it's like, I, yeah, to be clear, like I like this bad religion album. I don't like this that bad religion album because of television. Sure. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, oh, and like, I, I guess what's worth saying, like, we haven't, have we ever really explained the, like, ha- the epitaph, like, Brett keeping the, like, <laughs> I saw somebody talk about the ranted iceberg, you know, the, this, this millennial or not millennial, the zoomer trend of like, you, the way you explain fandoms is with this iceberg of like, how, how deep do you go? Like how obscure your knowledge is. Um, oh, have man. you ever seen these? It's just like no, but I'm looking at it now. I'm looking at formulaic the formulaic way of explaining fandom. It's 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 <laughs> kind of a, like how canon and fandom is an abyss. I was this surprised by how much I know, but I'm um, kind of shocked at how like looking at this. I'm it's like, actually like oh, this is nothing. But um, of course, the, I, the fact that the bottom thing is Lars burned his ballsack in France is. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't. I feel I, like I've heard that story actually, but anyway. uh, uh, the one of them, of course, is kind of the classic part of the you know the the rancid story. The two things of them getting signed, which we we've kind of talked about, disordered disarray being a big thing. Uh, Pre the Wolves, as that album was coming together, there was this massive bidding war to get the next offspring, next Nirvana, and um. Uh, massive bidding war trying to get on a major uh, Madonna of course sends some pictures from her book and trying to get her them to sign with her on um, what's that label called what's her label called uh, or what's called uh, it's just an imprint anyways um, Brett was like hey I really want you to stay very famously again like when you're 15 this sounds like such a cool thing but it sounds like yeah, who cares? Uh, Brett got a rancid tattoo around this time. It was like, I don't care if you sign or not. I just like you guys, and I'm gonna get a tattoo. Right. And that really like meant something to young twenty, you know, twenty something Lars. And you know, like Brett got a tattoo of us, and you know, we're gonna stay with Brett. You know, like the simplicity of stay with your bros above all else. They end up on Warner, basically, anyways, uh, in uh, for indestructible, yada yada. Uh, I think of this era, this album, and this 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 song is sort of like yeah. You, know, you got to remember this is peak right in the middle of that. You know, like this right. is. You wonder how much this is part of it. You know, like now Tim's getting, you know, major label residuals on a major label you know thing. You know, like he, he's kind of showing them. You know, we're going through this with Bad Religion. Maybe you don't want to go through this. You know, like with with Rancid, you could stay with you know uh, Epitaph. They of course do it becomes like i think the second biggest seller on epitaph after mm-hmm. the offspring record and it's kind of that's the story of rancid and like it's an interesting story it's kind of a nice story of like brett and them being joined at the hip maybe in a 
tiring way now. Um, right. All these years <laughs> later, they've sort of never, they've only had one record apart since then, which was one of the better ones, to be honest. Um, and they were never fully apart on that record even. Yeah. Uh, and and that's great. And it's a story of friendship and sticking with your, you know, your independent things. They did end up being distributed by Warner. But it has become such a trap it, for a while, especially, you know, it was such a trap because they made it be a part of their story of like, mm-hmm. no, we're, we're like fiercely independent and all these things that when they did get distribution because they just needed help, like Epitaph was worried about f- making fulfillments on Indestructible. They were like, oh, let's do some distro deals and like try out a partial distro deal with 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 Warner in, two th- in the early 2000s. They got, you know, raked over coals for something that was just like a business deal. Like that most people don't, all sorts of people were doing that, but they got the notice around it because now you got a Warner logo on a Rancid record and Rancid had built into their identity this lack mm-hmm. of that, right? And I think the danger of creating a, like a personal story over a one-time business decision that's a personal thing about Oh, we want to stick with Brett. That's all great, but like turning that into like your mythology, it's so dangerous. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No. I, yeah. So. Um. I don't really have anything to add to that. I think you got to cover. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so lots to uncover there. Still not. Still would love to know like more deeper stories about how the heck this song came together because there's like I, some yeah, curveballs to it. I want know? the oral history of this song. <laughs> Um, man, I want to do an episode on this iceberg. I found like multiple ones, but the one I'm looking at now, I'm like, God, oh, this is fucking wild. You need to do like, when we get a Patreon, we should do a Patreon thing where yes. we like, we test each other. Like, how many do you know? Yeah. I mean, there's, I am surprised again at how many I know. Although when you get to the bottom one on this one, I'm like, yeah, it's getting a little outside of my, uh, it means anyway. we, it's, it's, uh, we gotta revoke our card. We, no, yeah, man. yeah. I guess so. I guess we, so we're gonna hand over the keys to the podcast. To that, I, you know what? About. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with this. Fandom <laughs> is such a piece of, you know. I know, I know, I know. Um, Fuck fandom. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's the fucking worst. Uh, um, we say as we close our rant, as our we close our rants. <laughs> God. All right. So that's. Bad realism, a little detour yeah. out of the the discography. Where are we going next? Um. All right. So I had a couple ideas for a pick, and I I wanted I came down to two. I wanted to get something a little. Well, I don't know. There, and I'm now I'm kind of like hedge. I'm like, oh, maybe I should pick the other one. No, fuck it. Let's just um. There's like one fun fun thing to talk about in the song I'm gonna pick. Um. I mean, it's there's more. I'm sure, but. We're we're next week. We're going to talk about Maxwell murder. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So and uh, yeah, I and I have, I I may have told. I don't remember if I've told the story, but I have a great story of like first here the first time. Oh I've yeah, yeah. I don't know if you told I, it I on I've, the pod. I've told but... you the story, but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, good one. It's, it's yeah. So uh, yeah, we're gonna fucking we're gonna be a lot of a lot of love for Matt next week. I think. Yep. Um. All right. Cool. Well, in the meantime, as ever. Y'all can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at RancidPod. And 
if anybody knows more of the story behind television, say something, but I don't think it's out there. I Googled it and couldn't find shit. Um, but hey, Brett Gerwitz, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> please don't listen. Yeah, please, God. Um, I, yeah, please don't listen. All right. Uh, anyway, yeah, at Rantspod, Twitter and Instagram. And next week, we will see you in the I, I always get so confused at the beginning of this, even though I've done we've done it forty five times, oh, 40, 40 yeah. times, I guess. That was a that was supposed to be a hyperbolic. <laughs> but it's number, the but actual number, basically. <laughs>